0: what kind of emotions come into your head when you think of what your pet is feeling when you take them to see their vet is it fear anxiety stress well if that's the case there is actually a big movement going on within the veterinary profession called fear free and this is a way that we can try and make sure that our patients are as comfortable and as happy as possible so that they might actually even enjoy going to see their vet Welcome to the Call the Vet Show, the podcast that helps keep your furry family as healthy as possible, so they can live the full and happy life they deserve. And here's your host, veterinarian, Dr. Alex Avery. Welcome back to another episode of the Call the Vet Show. I hope you're well. I hope you're staying safe. Uh, and if we've not met before, my name's Dr Alex, I'm a companion animal veterinarian, and I'm also the vet behind OurPetsHealth.com, where my aim is to help you and your pet live as healthy and happy a life as possible, which is why I also bring you these podcast episodes every week. Now, since I had my uh, little break uh, a few, maybe three or four weeks ago it was now, since I've come back, uh, we're mixing things up a little bit on the podcast, so I'm bringing you uh, your questions answered. As as always, you can submit your question at callthevet.org, but I'm also bringing you interviews with other pet health experts. And I also wanted to bring you some audio from other videos and other content that I produced where I feel the topic is really beneficial. And I'd like to share with you on the podcast if you don't have time for uh, to to watch videos on YouTube or to read blog posts or that kind of thing. And that's exactly what I'm bringing you today because I have become Fear Free certified. Now, if you don't know what Fear Free is, like I said at the beginning in the intro, it's actually a program that you work through whereby you're looking at every single way you can reduce the fear, anxiety and stress that our patients are suffering from because after all as a vet the last thing I want to do is to have my patients scared of me where I'm having to kind of fight and do battle to try and get what needs to be done completed and actually if we're going down that route it can definitely be counterproductive so I was really pleased to become fear-free certified I think it's a great thing that uh, that veterinarians can work through and really keep it front of mind in the way that they practice medicine because it makes it more pleasant for our patients it makes it less stress for you as their owners as well and it also actually makes the job a lot more rewarding if my patients are coming in with wagging tails or if they're a cat and they're really keen to get out of their carrier then you know that's a great feeling to have as a vet and so i actually jumped on a live stream and in-depth training about fear free and how uh, you as an owner can help in the process over at the Our Pets Health Academy. But I wanted to bring you uh, the answer to one of the questions that was asked, which was the difference between a fear-free exam and a fear-free experience compared to the experience with a veterinarian or in a clinic that hasn't gone through the fear-free process. So I hope you enjoy today's show. The first question is, what are the biggest differences between exam handling procedures of a fear-free vet versus a non-fear-free vet and the answer is a wishy-washy it depends on the vet i guess um so i was um kind of pleased i guess when i went through that fear-free course um, and got the certification actually A lot, if not most, of what I was doing or am doing has not changed at all because I was following those principles. And I think a lot of that comes with experience, with being able to read our patients a little bit better. Um, And I guess one big advantage of the fear-free certification and the training being formalized, if you like, is that um, for people who are maybe earlier in their career, who are less... um, have got less experience with reading their patients because ultimately that's that does come with time and practice and exposure to different animals and all these different experiences you kind of you know you learn to read um, a pet's feelings by you know a quick glance you don't even need to spend any time and it's all done Subconsciously, so I guess a lot of what I would have been doing anyway, I wouldn't necessarily have been able to verbalize to explain what I was doing or why I was doing it. Whereas, you know, now having gone through this course, I'll be able to verbalize it, although I'll be doing exactly the same thing. Um, so it really depends on your vet. You'll also, I guess, the flip side is if you've got a vet who's been, um, been graduated and been practicing for a longer period of time it maybe they become set in their ways and certainly the old way of doing things was you know it was almost like a badge of honor just to get things done or i can handle i can wrestle with this difficult dog it doesn't matter how big or how aggressive they are i can get that um you know that job done um and you know owner gets sent on their way happy that the job's been done um that's you know clearly a little bit of a um Yeah, uh, well, it's an awful lot of a negative thing to do. That's not the right way to put it. But, you know, that's only going to lead to more problems later on. It's not really the ideal way we should be going about things. And I think there's been, you know, that great shift in the mentality of, you know, maybe the profession. So it's not, you know, it's not seen as a badge of honor. But if you've got an older vet, you know, it might be that they're pinning things down. It might be that the younger vet feels, um, pressurized to do things because the owner comes in um wanting a certain job done they've been booked in and your next question is about nail clips which is a great um example you know they've been booked in for a nail clip um and they feel pressure to have that nail you know to have all um all 18 nails clipped or 20 nails depends on due clause and things like that but um you know have all the nails clipped to an appropriate length um Whereas if the dog's feeling super stressed or your cat's feeling super stressed um, after that first claw, they're not confident enough in their um, relationship with you as the pet owner, maybe to say, well, actually, we need to leave that for now. Um, We need to reschedule for another time here. This is how we can think about getting your pet used to having their feet touched. Um, These are some of the actions that you could take um, before coming in. These are the supplements, these are the medications, this is what we're going to do. So there's maybe a confidence in um uh, you know, managing the situation as well. And again, that's something that um it, it does come with a little bit of time and a bit of confidence, um, and with a having built up a relationship with um, you know, with clients already as well. So um how does the examination differ otherwise? So we've got that gentle touch, that kind of touch gradient that I touched on at the beginning no pun intended, um, where, you know, we're just maintaining that contact Rather than kind of going in and touching different parts of the body um, without seeming warning, and um, that can cause an awful lot of anxiety, uh, that will be different. Um, there'll probably be a lot more treats involved, or there may be a lot more treats involved. As I've gone through my career, I certainly find myself getting through more and more treats faster and faster. Um, so we're not shy of giving treats. We're not shy of using kongs, licky mats, um, licky pads. You know, other food puzzles, toys, distractions. I'm um, using those to yeah to distract um, our patients um, so you might find more of those um, in use um, you might find that a lot of things are done on the floor where maybe other people are picking them up on the table certainly um, you know d- dogs they ob- will often prefer to be on the floor they'll almost always be on the floor now there's a little bit of a, a compromise sometimes certainly um, with small dogs doing things on the floor can be really challenging just because your head's right on the ground and um, We've got to look after our backs and knees and all that kind of thing as well. So, um, you know, it's easier and more comfortable for us to do things on the table sometimes. But equally, we'll be doing a lot of things, maybe more on the floor with cats. They might prefer being high. Um, we ideally prefer cats to come out of the cage by themselves rather than going and fish them out. Um, you know, so there are a lot of differences there, but it's really going to depend on the vet because I don't, it's not as simple as saying, well, uh, you, a fear-free certified vet is, is doing all these things and a non-fear-free certified vet isn't doing them. I think that's doing a lot of disservice to, um, the non-certified vets out there, the great vets that are out there that haven't been through this program. Um, and also just because you've been through the program doesn't mean that you've actually put anything into practice, um, that you've, learnt, you may be using it as a marketing tool for example, and saying well I'm fear- free certified or the practice. I mean certainly in the US you can have practices that are fear- free certified, but if they're just doing it as a, a box tick exercise to, so that they can say that in their um, on their website on their promotional p- material, then actually being fear- free certified is of no use to their patients because they're not putting everything into practice. so like I say, it's more of a philosophy, and I think um, you know the fear- free certification, it formalizes that. Um, and it might be something to look for if your pet is anxious Um, and you're maybe not getting some of the you know the attention or the suggestions of how to change that Um, you know maybe then looking for a fear-free certified veterinarian or clinic would be something to think about but yeah it's very much on an individual basis I guess that's my kind of not so short take on it If you're enjoying this episode of the podcast, I'd invite you to check out ourpetshealthacademy.com. The Our Pets Health Academy is the essential resource for any pet parent who is truly serious about keeping their furry family member as happy, healthy and comfortable as possible. Whether you've just brought a new puppy or kitten into the home or you've had pets all your life, the Our Pets Health Academy will help you eliminate uncertainty and guide you through difficult situations while also saving you time and money so that you can optimise your dog and cat's health. With our growing course list, monthly live training and Q&A sessions, resource library, discounts and member-only forum, the Academy will give you everything you need to look after your pet to the best of your ability. Check it out at ourpetshealthacademy.com. So there's a lot that we can do as veterinarians and as our support staff our nurses our technician our clinic design even to help reduce the fear anxiety and stress that our patients are suffering from and I hope that gives you a little bit of an insight into to the difference that the fear-free approach might bring to a different veterinarian Um, you know it's certainly not something that could be relied on it's not going to necessarily be a consistent experience but it's definitely something to think about if your pet is one who is really anxious or really scared at the veterinary clinic but it's also something that you as the owner need to focus on and one simple step that every owner can take especially if they do have a a dog or a cat who is getting slightly anxious is in the first instance try and socialize them to the vet clinic so with dogs especially i'll often encourage my clients to bring their dog into the clinic when they're perfectly well they're perfectly happy they come in they have a couple of treats they kind of get a little bit of fuss made of them from the staff and then they leave maybe they go on the scales maybe they then go into the consultation room the examination room but nothing happens to them it's only good treats good fuss and they then learn to associate the veterinary clinic with a positive experience rather than always being poked and prodded and having things done being given injections and that kind of thing with cats often I think the reason or one of the big reasons that they're so wound up at the vet clinic is because it's the only time they ever go in the car, they ever go in their carry cage. So as a cat owner, if you can get them used to their crate in the first place, their carry cage, if you can get them used to going in the car so they're really comfortable and relaxed with that process, then they're not going to be so wound up when they go to the veterinary clinic. And I've got some other information uh, over on the website about how you can get your cat used to the carrier and used to the car as well and i'll leave links to that in the show notes so fear free it's everyone's responsibility and with a bit of effort with a bit of thought we can get to the stage where your pet really does enjoy going to the veterinary clinic and seeing the veterinary team so i hope that's given you some food for thought really that's it from me and until next time i'm dr alex this is the call the vet show you take care thanks for listening to call the vet For full show notes and any links mentioned in today's show, head over to CallTheVet.org, where you can also submit your question to be featured on an upcoming episode. We'll see you next time.